Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 485, with Neen James. Don't stop me now. I'm talking to Neen James. It is about helping everyone be seen and heard. When people come into your space, do they feel seen by you? Do they feel heard by you? If there's a concern with their meal, do you do you acknowledge that with grace and then give them something that makes them just rave to everyone about how beautifully you handled that? Does every person who walks onto your premise feel like you saw them and you heard them? That's a culture of intentional attention. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. What's sorcery? Sorcery is AP automation, digital invoicing, and time and money saved. That's Sorcery. Sorcery allows you to streamline and digitize your entire account's payable operation. Digital invoicing backed with human verification will save you countless hours of work and increase AP accuracy. Say goodbye to your file cabinets and enter the digital world. Go to GetSorcery.com. That's G-E-T-S-O-U-R-C-E-R-Y.com or call 1-866-830-0691. And if you mention Restaurant Unstoppable, you will receive 10% off your first three months with no setup fees. There is no time to waste in the restaurant business, especially when an opportunity comes up and you need extra capital. Cabbage created a simple, flexible way to get a line of credit of up to $150,000, apply online, and get a decision right away. Withdraw funds when you need them without reapplying. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 small businesses. Get started at cabbage.com slash unstoppable you can get a $50 gift card when you qualify that's cabbage with a k line of credit is subject to credit approval see terms and conditions all cabbage business loans are issued by celtic bank a utah chartered industrial bank member fdic with excitement allow me to introduce you today's guest neen james my girl neen are you feeling unstoppable today I am. G'day, Eric. I feel like I have the Queen song in my head. Don't stop me now. That's how I feel today. <laughs> That's a great one. Yes. All right. So Neen James earned her MBA from Southern Cross University as a professional speaker and leadership expert. She is known for challenging her audience and clients to leverage their focus and pay attention to what matters most at work and in life. Today, Neen joins us to discuss her newly released book, Attention Pays. Congratulations on that, by the way. And Thank you. Uh, yeah. I, I cannot wait to uh, dive into what makes you an expert uh, on the subject of just living intentionally uh, attention or attention to int- or intentional attention is what you call it in the book. Uh, but let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quarter mantra. Take it away. Neen. One of my most favorites is from a true legend. And he said this, When your heart is in your dream, no request is too extreme. And it's from the legendary Jiminy Cricket. That's right. A cartoon character. Reflect on that for me real quick. How does that resonate with you? It resonates with me because I think often, think about the industry that we're in, right? We have these dreams of serving people, of creating experiences for people, of of having this experience that they will taste our food and then they will go into the world and talk about it. That's a dream that we have. But... 
the hours we have to put in, the commitment we have to make, the dedication to our craft, that is extreme. So when your heart is in your dream, no request is too extreme. And I think people listening to this podcast know and live this mantra every day. I love it. Great way to get this thing started. And I'm really excited for this conversation. I feel like sometimes the universe just knows exactly what I need. And I got to give a special shout out to my boy, Mike Ganino, for setting this up. And uh, during Restaurant Stoppable interviews, we, we talk about work-life balance often. Uh, living intentionally comes up often in you don't believe in work-life balance. You believe in work-life integration and intentional living, basically. And I'm right there with you. Uh, and that's where I think we're going to spend a lot of today's discussion. But before we really dive into that, let my listeners know a little bit more about who you are and what makes you an authority on this subject. Well, Mike Edino is my boo. So big <laughs> shout out that he got us connected. I was so excited when he introduced us and his book, Company Culture for Dummies is a must read. For I think it's like the handbook for every leader, seriously. What makes me an expert in this area? I think self-proclaimed, absolutely. Um, but here's the deal. You know, I grew up in corporate business. I worked in retail banking, telecommunications, in the oil industry. And Eric, you got to imagine there's not a lot of chicks in oil. <laughs> but as an attention expert, what I'm obsessed with is getting the world to pay attention to what matters because I believe that restaurants, businesses make more money when they pay attention to their guests. We have deeper relationships with our team, with our customers, you know, with our family, with the people that we love when we truly pay attention. And so examples of clients I get to work with, I work uh, in the hospitality industry, you know, some of the major chains people would know, obviously the Four Seasons, the Ritz-Carlton, the Marriott, people like that. But also I work in media, Comcast, Viacom, all of the movies, Paramount Pictures, those guys, I get the opportunity to play with them. And even pharmaceutical, right? So very incredible spectrums as well as some entrepreneurs. Yeah. Often I'm called the energizer bunny for meetings, but you know, my batteries don't run out. And what's unique about me, I think, is that as an Australian, you can hear the accent, I'm sure. <laughs> I have this global perspective. But being a U.S. citizen, I became a U.S. citizen, and I believe that gives me a local perspective. Now, I'm the oldest of five. I sound like I'm five for your listeners. <laughs> they haven't already worked that out. I'm significantly older. But what I find, Eric, is my clients come to me and they say things like this. Mean, there's never enough hours in the day, right? Or they might say, gosh, there's so much to do. I don't know where to focus first. Or they might say, I'm not getting the sales I need or the results that I want. And I fix that. Because as a keynote speaker, I come into their organization and I give them very practical strategies they can apply immediately. When I work one-on-one with very busy business owners, I give them strategies they can apply immediately. And Mm. the reason I do this work, Eric, is because I truly believe that when we pay attention to what matters, when we are living in intentional attention, I think that we are so much more successful. And so what makes me the expert in this? You know, I'm a work in progress like every one of the listeners, but the difference is I've immersed myself in this body of work. And I truly believe, I don't believe in time management. I don't believe in work-life balance. It's not that we have a time management crisis, Eric. We have an attention crisis, Mm. and that's what I want to fix. Yes, and uh, just kind of looking at your evolution as a professional, it looks like the first book book you had, uh, 2003, was all about time management and doing more in less time. And as you kind of grew as a professional and maybe you started getting clarity on what really matters, it seems like now it's about 
now that you have this focus and you can get more done, what really matters? Do what really matters, right? Because, and I think this is really important to those in the restaurant industry because, you know, we don't get into this industry to make a ton of money. We can, but <laughs> it's it's when we really get that clarity and what matters and we just do what we do really well and we take care of those around us and we build these teams around us and it takes attention to do that, right? The right attention really oh focusing gosh, on that. Yes. Um. But- so go ahead, go ahead. It's not just like if you're the chef, it's not just the attention to the way that you've created the recipe, that you've plated the meal, and then it's been out on time. It's the attention when it's delivered to the table of what the client, the customer experiences, how they feel they've been attended to by the person who's waiting on them. And then it's for the valet who actually gets their car. It's also then for the attention that you pay once that client, once that customer, once that person who's been in your restaurant writes their Yelp review, right? So it's attention, not just in the experience where you are doing everything you can to show your craft to that particular client, but it's also paying attention after they've left your restaurant. And that's what I think restaurateurs need to, restaurateurs need to think about is it's what I call BDA. It's before, during, and after the interaction with you, right? There's things they've done before they've even walked into your restaurant. They've probably Googled you. They've used OpenTable to make a reservation. They've possibly read Yelp reviews. They've asked their friends about you. There's all these things they've had, this expectation, and then they sit down. They expect to be greeted a certain way, treated a certain way, depending on the kind of restaurant you run. Then while they're there, they're going to have all those experiences we talked about, and they are going to pay a premium for quality attention, right? And then after they leave, they're telling their friends, they're writing about it on Facebook, they're posting where they're from, they're sharing photos. I mean, gosh, it must, one thing that makes me laugh is it must make you know, restaurateurs crazy now that every plate has to be Insta worthy, right? Because you know, they're going to take a photo <laughs> of your meal and they're going to post it. Now that's free advertising and it's great. But these are all attention points that we need to think about as business owners. Yes, absolutely. So uh, just to summarize, it sounds like, uh, now that you've really figured out how to be good with time management, now you're focusing more on where we give attention to that time. And that's what really mm-hmm. can make a difference. Uh, and one thing I really want to dive deep into in today's conversation, which I already mentioned earlier, is this whole idea of work-life balance. You don't believe in work-life balance. What do you believe you in? I believe in work-life integration because, Eric, you and I and everyone listening to this call, we all get 1,440 minutes in a day. We don't get more because we've been in the business longer. We don't get more because we're richer or poorer. We don't get more. We get the same amount of time. So it's not about time management. It's about attention management. And the reason I don't believe in work-life balance is I don't believe anyone has a right to tell us or prescribe for us what that is. In my world, I see balance as a set of scales, right? Work on one side, life on the other. And in my head, I kind of thought, well, if you've got work-life balance, they equal, right? You work as much as you play. Now, as an Australian, I grew up working hard but playing hard. It's, <laughs> it's, it's part of our DNA, right? And then I moved to the US where all we do is work hard right? It's just, we're so proud of the fact we work hard. We go to a dinner party here and people can say, how are you? And we're like, oh my God, I'm so busy. We were busy like a badge of honor in this country. And the reason I don't believe in it is regardless of where you are in your career, only you can determine what your work-life integration is. Work-life integration is made up of three things. It's made up about your emotions, your environment, and your expectations. So think of it as a triangle, not a a set of scales, right? And so when I think about 
work-life integration. I think of the emotions that go around this, right? Like my parents accused me of being a workaholic very, very young, and I didn't see it as an insult, but they thought it was, right? And so I think what happens is when you choose a career like hospitality, restaurants, of being an owner, of, you know, the people around you do not understand the commitment. They don't understand that you are awake while they're asleep. You're just starting your shift for many times or you're finishing and the world's asleep and only other people in the industry understand that. So there's an emotional piece where we have to really think through what we're signing up for and we have to also help manage the emotions of others, which also leads into expectations, right? The the second piece. Yes. Which is really like what are your expectations of yourself and where you are in your career? You've got to work the line before you can become the head chef. Like we all, you know, we all know that there are particular things we have to do and so having the expectations set but also managing the expectations of others. And then the third piece, just as an overview, is really what's the environment you're creating. You have chosen to be in the hustle and bustle and crazy town of this amazing industry that is so incredibly unique. It's like nothing on the planet. And yeah, it can be some days and some moments can be exhausting and some can be exhilarating and that's what you sign up for. So it's really about emotions, expectations, environment. Yeah. And listening to you talk, I couldn't help but think about a recent guest on the show, Donnie Glass. And he was saying kind of something similar to like, we have this, uh, we wear this, like this badge of honor. Like, Oh, I, I, I pulled 80 hours this week. I pulled 90 hours this week. And there's, it's like this badge of honor just to, to work crazy amount of hours. And I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with working a lot if it's doing exactly what you want to do. And I feel like a lot of us aren't being intentional or uh, we don't set the expectation as you call it. Like we don't set the picture yes. of perfection of what we want our life to look like. So then we, we aren't, you know, creating that environment that's ideal. And then we're working 80 hours or 90 hours a week in an environment that's not ideal, but we need to do it. We feel like we need to do it because that's what's expected from us. Um, but w- when you start getting intentional and you really start to craft this environment, this, this, this culture, this, this world, right. then you start acting on the world instead of letting the world act on you. Um, which is something that you kind of get into in the book too, really living intentionally yes. and, and crafting your, your I, schedule. And I stuff. truly believe that it's about intentional attention. If you ever look at, you know, a phenomenal series I loved on Netflix was the chef's table. Now, whether you love it or hate it, One of the things that it shows in every single episode is how intentional every chef is to the craft, to the creation. It shows the backstory of what what came up with that. But there are so many interesting pieces and they may have taken 150 attempts to make the absolute perfect, incredible sauce. And then when they found it, the world benefits from it. But it took them so many goes, and so they're very intentional with that. And I think we have to, in this chosen career, we have to be incredibly intentional about where are we focusing our time, attention, and our energy because there is only a limited amount of time. And the energy we bring into every situation is so contagious. You know, when you show up to work and you're in a bad mood, it affects other people who are in the back of house. When you show up to work and you're in this great mood, people can't help but be inspired by you and motivated by you and your energy is contagious if you are that you know oh my gosh that stereotypical grumpy chef that you are like you know annoyed at everything that happens it has a ripple effect across the team and so I think we have to be very focused about what intention we bring into work every single day but then also that we take that intention home with us because many of us share our lives with people that we care about but often they see the worst side of us because We've exhausted and we've worked so hard and we've given our all at 
work and then we don't have anything left when we get home. So mm. we need to be very intentional about our work-life relationship. So you mentioned guilt in the book. Where does guilt come into this? Oh, guilt is like one of those crazy emotions no one talks about, right? Guilt is can be consuming. So it's one of the most negative emotions we have and it actually can cause this cortisol. Now, if you know anything about brain chemistry, cortisol makes you cranky, right? So the more cortisol you have in your system and cortisol comes from stress. So sometimes, and they've linked cortisol to being fat. That's kind of what I'm thinking. So (laughs) I think, you know, that's going to be an excuse for me. But I think what happens is when we have too much cortisol in our system, you know, we don't sleep as well. We don't show up as the best. And so guilt is one of those things. Now, guilt as an emotion is often through our own choices, we feel guilty. We feel guilty we're late. We're staying late at the restaurant because we have to put in that extra time. We feel guilty we're not spending time with people we care about. But when we're spending time with people we care about, we feel guilty that we're not at the restaurant or we're not doing prep or we're not, you know, bettering ourselves. And so we have this crazy constant guilt and I think we have to set the guilt free. And part of the strategy to do that is to be truly intentional in this moment. If you're in the restaurant, choose to be in the restaurant. Choose to be nowhere else, but make this your intention. If you're at home, choose to be intentional in the way you're relaxing and enjoying other people. Instead of feeling guilty about where you are, live in the moment, be present where you're at, make the most of that. And that's one of the keys to work-life integration. I remember when I was doing my MBA, it was that constant state of guilt. If I was studying, I felt guilty I wasn't with my honey. If I was with my honey, I felt guilty I wasn't studying. It was such a stupid thing. And I did my MBA like part-time or working full-time like so many people do. And so what I realized was guilt wasn't serving me at all. It's just such a ridiculous emotion and we get to choose it. And the other thing I would say to you is don't let people make you feel guilty. Like people do not understand the hours you need to put Mm. into this particular industry. People do not understand how hard you work. People don't understand why you would be happy to wash dishes for days and days at a time or while you would practice plating one thing over and over again, people do not understand this industry and they do not understand how it is so important to be consistent and relevant and ahead of the game. That takes an incredible level of dedication. Don't let anyone make you feel guilty and stop feeling guilty yourself. And when we get intentional about taking care of ourselves first, I think a lot of people feel like, you know, those who are truly successful, they, they put themselves second and they take care of everybody else. But you get into it in the book later on that you really have to put yourself first. You really have to be intentional about taking care of yourself first because if you can't take care of other people until you've taken care of yourself, until you you are to the level you want to be so you can bring others up to that level. And I think that's really yes. about you know how we become successful in this industry is getting ourselves to a certain level, becoming a certain somebody, and then lifting those up around us uh, to come up to that certain level and then replacing ourselves ultimately with these people that we brought up to our level so we can go focus on other projects. Um, right. But, you know, you got to get rid exactly. of that guilt. you got to take care of yourself first because you can't do it unless you take care of yourself first. But it's interesting to me because think about the demand on our body in this business, right? The demand we're on our feet a lot of the time or we are, we are sampling the most exquisite flavors ever, but all of those calories in need to go out somewhere, mm-hmm. right? And so otherwise they stay on our body. And so we have to consider too that our bodies do not operate well without sleep. And we wear the fact that we don't sleep like a badge of honor too. We're like, oh yeah, I'll sleep when I've got to this level. Or I'll exercise when I've got to this level. No, 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 right? (laughs) If you are not sleeping and you're not eating properly and you're not working out, you are not a cool human. You're not fun to be around. You're grumpy a lot of the time. You feel bad about yourself. There's crazy mental head traffic going on. And then you take it out on us in the back of the house. So stop it. Like just stop it. You have to work out. 
there is no absolutely no excuse not to and don't tell me you don't have time because that's rubbish and you have to sleep there's no excuse not to don't tell me you can't sleep fix it do something find a way to make it happen and please don't tell me you can't eat well because you have the most incredible resources available to you. So you have no excuses. Yeah. Really, I think at the end of the day, it's about creating disciplines in your life and then having this. I love this quote. I use it all the time. Discipline is freedom. And we think of discipline as being mm. restrictions. Like, and we don't want to be held down by all these disciplines and these, these habits that we create for ourselves. But when you create these habits, you don't think about them and you just start getting things done. And then when you get super proactive because you've created all these disciplines and these habits in your life, that's when you really start to break away and, and don't let your life control you, but you control your life. And I think that's maybe a rabbit hole we don't need to get down to unless you really want no, to reflect on it. No, it's a really powful point. And in the book, you've, you saw me say that systems create freedom. Mm-hmm. So it's exactly along the same line. But I also want people who are listening to consider this. You are a role model for attention. Meaning if you are the head chef, people are watching you and learning from you and listening to the way that you live your life. Therefore, you have an enormous amount of responsibility to be intentional with your attention. If you are at the front of house, you have an enormous amount of responsibility because you're constantly on show. It's so important that everyone in this industry understands that they are a role model regardless of where they are in their career. Now, you might be listening to this and you're in the in the thought process of opening your own place, you've got to be even more intentional with your attention because you're trying to juggle whatever is paying your salary or your wages or whatever right now, as well as building your next dream. So I want leaders to consider the book is very much written for the leader and that is that they are on show and it's not just about you role modeling attention to the people that you serve. It's also about the fact that you have to think to your point earlier about the succession planning. If you are the only person who can do that particular talent or skill in your restaurant, then you will never take a vacation. You'll never have a weekend. You'll never have a night off. You have got to have responsibility about being intentional with who you train, who you attract. And that's where Mike Anino's book is so brilliant with, you know, his strategies around how do you attract and retain the talent and how do you build that brand? And you've seen that in my book as well, mm-hmm. that I think that the people that we surround ourselves with, we have to be very intentional. Yeah. And just to com- compound off that, I had David Scott Peters on the show a couple of times. The first time he was on this show, uh, I use this quote all the time. We need to, cre- I mean, most people create people dependent businesses, meaning if you remove that person, then the business crumbles. Uh, but if you create those system dependent businesses, businesses and then you then you work on people and you develop people and you place them into those system dependent businesses that's where you really start to shine and that's where the best businesses live in those system dependent businesses that but they get really intentional about the people they put into those businesses and most restaurants yeah. do one or the other they don't do both um and mike's like i haven't a confession i haven't read mike's book yet it came in two days ago it's actually sitting right next to me um but i cannot wait to dive into that uh so let's kind of roll into some actionable things so how do we really start living intentionally take us through some step-by-step things things that we can start doing today to move in the, the direction of living intentionally or a, or an intentional attention as you say. Let me give you a few strategies that have worked really well for myself and many of the executives and teams that I work with. The first thing that I would recommend is every single day have a strategic appointment with yourself. This strategic appointment needs to take no more than 15 minutes. And in that 15 minutes, I would love you to identify your top three not negotiable activities. That's what I call prioritizing your priorities. I want you to identify before your head hits the pillow, what are the three things that must happen in your workday? They are things that are going to move your goals forward. Now, I have a super fancy way of handling them. I literally write them on 
a post-it. I know, Eric, that sounds so crazy, but I've tried every app, planner, system, spreadsheet, you name it. I've tried everything and I find the easiest way for me to get those things done is a little silly post-it. And the reason it works so well for me is I can carry that stupid little post-it with me all day, every day, and it's a decision filtering system. So the first thing I want people to identify is the top three not negotiable activities for today. And I think that's going to help set the tone of your day at whatever time that starts. I also want people to consider that they have to schedule things that are important. If working out is important to you, I need you to schedule it. I would rather 15 minutes of exercise than no minutes of exercise. I would love people who are listening to this to also consider creating systems for each day. Now, I have literally a daily checklist, which sounds so anal, I get that, but it's the only way I make sure I get everything done. And so for me, I've created a system for my day. And that includes giving away a referral, writing a recommendation, writing a thank you note to someone, you know, making sure I reach out to my existing clients. So I want people to start looking for practical things they can build into their day. You mentioned before that discipline creates freedom, right? So think about the fact that we know in our restaurant that the trash gets picked up like twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays, let's just say. So what I'd like people to consider is can you associate activities with days of the week? So if you know that there are certain days that are better to do outreach, choose a day and do it every week. If there are days where it is great for you to develop your craft and start to mystery shop others and see what they're doing or read up on your industry or book yourself into a conference that's going to further your skills, choose a day. So think about activities you need to complete. It's not just around preparing the most exquisite tasting food. It's about bettering our skills. It's about understanding experience. It's about business development. It's about managing social media. And while I'm talking about social media, Eric, I want people to consider doing what I call a social media drive-by. So what I do is I make my coffee or smoothie or juice or whatever in the morning and I sit at my computer and for 15 minutes I do a drive-by. I go through Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and I literally just have a look. I comment, I post, I retweet, I, I write something down. And it's 15 minutes. And I think for those people who are listening to this, if you're looking at reviews, maybe you want to spend 15 minutes going through reviews every day. That shows people you're paying attention. There's so many ways you can take the attention pays message and make it practical. I truly believe you can conquer the world in 15 minutes. You just have to decide what you're going to get done. Yeah. So 15 minutes of dedicated activity, Eric, that's where people need to start. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned you use post-it notes. I use Momentum. I love it. it it's a basically... Oh, yeah, neat. Yeah. Yeah, Momentum is basically when you open up a new browser on your page, it's a, a screen that pops up. It, it tells you the time. It gives you a little spot to put the write down the most important thing. I'm actually looking at it right now. Uh, the most important thing you accomplish in that day. And there's a little inspirational quote at the bottom today. It says, be a practical dreamer backed by action. That's pretty cool. And there's oh, a really, there you go. It's like Jiminy Cricket, just yeah. an elevated version. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And then there's like a usually a beautiful, like inspirational, just like art, artistic photo uh, of like a, like a landscape. Um, and then on the right side, there's a like a list of to do's. And I, I, whenever something comes up, I have to do, I throw it right in there. Well, as soon as nice. it hits my head, and then what I do, I, I have this little thing where I say, win tomorrow today. And it's the night before I look at the list of things like what's the most urgent, important things 
I need to do. Um, I love it. And then that's, that's one system that I use uh, just to kind of compound off what you already shared with us. Uh, and there's tons of tips in this book. Uh, you know, they mentioned blocking out time, like you mentioned, that, that really kind of walks us through how to start implementing these things in the day. So you, we're talking about it right now, but it really, it really will pay to pick up this book and really have that, that guide in your hand to help you start living intentionally. All right. I think now is a good time to take a break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back. To be unstoppable, most restaurants require a little extra capital from time to time. It happens, right? Uh, when you need funding to like renovate or buy equipment or manage cash flow, you don't have time to just track down financial statements or wait weeks for a decision. And that is where Cabbage can help. Cabbage gives small businesses access to a line of credit of up to $150,000. And if you apply online, you'll get a decision right away, which is pretty awesome. Since Cabbage is a line of credit, you can take the exact amount you need. You'll never have to reapply to take out additional loans, and you only pay for the funds you use. Yeah, you're impressed, and I haven't even gotten to the impressive part. Cabbage has helped more than 130,000 businesses from every industry with over $4 billion in funding. Like, awesome. Cabbage is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and was named a Forbes Top 100 company not once, but twice. Check out Cabbage at Cabbage with a K dot com slash restaurant unstoppable and you'll get a $50 gift card when you qualify. That's Cabbage, K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com slash restaurant unstoppable. Line of credit is subject to credit approval. See terms and conditions. All Cabbage business loans are issued by Celtic Bank, a Utah chartered industrial bank member FDIC. Everyone loves processing invoice after invoice. It's the best. <laughs> Not really. Just the sight of a filing cabinet is enough to make you sick, right? It doesn't have to be that way. With Sorcery, there's no more manually processing invoices by hand and no more cutting check after check. With Sorcery, you can organize all of your accounts digitally, scan your invoices, and pay your vendors with just one click. It is easy. Sorcery offers fully managed accounts and statements reconciliation, so you no longer spend hours on the phone with your vendors and banks that stinks. You now have the peace of mind knowing your accounts are being taken care of, and you can get back to work doing what you love, running unstoppable restaurants. Go to GetSorcery.com, that's G-E-T-S-O-U-R-C-E-R-Y.com, or call one 800 Six six eight three zero zero six nine one. Mention Restaurant Unstoppable and receive ten percent off your first three months. And say goodbye to your old filing cabinet and hello to the digital world with Sorcery AP automation. We're back, and you also mentioned the the importance of saying no. And the reason why I want to bring this up is because I feel like a lot of us naturally who get into this industry are people pleaser. We 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 want to say yes. We want to make people happy. We want to just serve, but we can get ourselves in trouble by saying yes too often. Why is it important to say no? Take us through that. Because I think what happens is maybe to the point that you mentioned, because we've chosen a service industry, we choose to stand in service of everyone else. And so we assume that means we have to say yes to everything when in actual fact, we have to say no to things that don't matter. So we can say yes to the things that really do. Mm. Now, knowing that for you to have the creative uh, juices that you need, that might mean you have to say no to some parties if you're not going to be able to sleep and create the best product tomorrow. Or maybe it means you have to say no to a social obligation that you really don't want to go to because you literally need some sleep or you need some kind of recovery time. Or maybe it means you have to say no to that extra shift, even though the money would be fantastic. You know that you have to preserve your energy 
energy or you need to spend time with someone who's important to you. And so I think what we need to consider is that when it comes to saying no, we just have to find creative ways to say no nicely. So for me, I have so many wonderful social invitations that I get uh, exposed to. And what I've realized is it's not always going to be the best use of my energy if I say yes to everything. So I might say, you know, Eric, thank you so much for that generous invitation. It's so kind of you to think of me. Have a great time. And that is just my very elegant way of saying no, thank you. And so you've got to find ways to say no nicely. But don't apologize for it. Don't give me lots of excuses. Don't give me reasons. Just say no. And so what you might say is, hey, thank you so much for thinking of me for that extra shift. I would love to help you, but I think Eric would be a better person to put on that day. Give an alternative is another way to do it, right? But I think what you want to consider is if you keep giving me excuses, if you keep talking, if you keep adding commentary to it, I am less likely to think you're telling me the truth. So just say no. No is a complete sentence. It's very liberating when you start to do it. And if you feel unsafe doing it at work, try it at home first. Get practiced at it. Start hearing yourself say it. And stop feeling guilty if you say no, right? Start thinking, okay, if I say no to this, it means that I have some more freedom to do that. Yes. And I think what happens is as we're growing in our career, there are times we say yes to everything, every shift, every training, every opportunity, every time you can be mentored by someone that you admire, say yes to that. But it means you're also saying no to all the other things you used to spend time on. So just also that comes back to that work-life integration triangle. It's about educating the people of the expectations and emotions and the environment you're trying to create for yourself right now. So, for example, when I was doing my MBA, I told all my friends, I would love to come out with you every weekend. Keep sending me invitations. (laughs) Keep knowing I'll say no. But when I finish studying, I want to know that you're still there. And so please keep inviting me. Please don't get upset that I'm going to keep saying no. But as soon as my studies complete, you better believe I'd love to see you. Yes. So that's about managing the expectations of others. I love it. One uh, quote I heard that kind of really strongly parallels what you're giving us right now is everything that you say yes to is something you have to say no to. So really get mm-hmm. specific about what will get you ahead, what will have the biggest impact on you and the lives of those who are closest to you. Say yes to those things and have the biggest impact. Um, awesome stuff. Uh, so just to summarize some of the things on how we can start living a more intentional life, 15 minutes a day, schedule things that are important, start creating systems for each day, blocking out times. Uh, and um, what were some of the other things I might have missed there? Are there? Is there anything else you want to add to that before we move on? You know, one of the things I'd encourage people who are listening to think about is like, what's a way that you could be creative every day? Because this industry demands creativity. Now, some easy ways to think about paying attention to creativity is like, try and drive to work a completely different way. Try a completely different food that you've never tried before. Try brushing your hair with the opposite hand. Try brushing your teeth with the opposite hand. There's ways to start switching on your creativity more and more start reading blogs outside of your industry start watching ted talks completely have nothing to do with what it is that you do because exposing ourselves to different cultures different thought processes different perspectives if you want to be more intentional with your attention you have to look at where you're investing it look for ways to boost your creativity so maybe you serve that client just a little different maybe you plate that food just a little bit different maybe you try a flavor you've never thought about before pairing with something totally unusual maybe you'll come up with a new signature opportunity new signature drink new signature dish I really believe in our industry creativity is going to set us apart which means you have to be intentional about doing something different not doing something the same way all the time which may go a little bit against what some people think when they're listening to this routines are brilliant systems are phenomenal 
but you're being paid to be an artist a lot of the time. So show us your art. Yeah, I just interviewed somebody this morning and he said, uh, build off of what those have already created. And that's one way to get creative. Don't just copy what's being done. Take what's being done and then add onto it. I think really when you boil down our purpose in life, it's to take what's already been done by those who've come before us to learn it, to share it, and then to compound off of that and then to share that. And that's how we will continually move forward as humanity is by taking compounding, take, making it your own and then sharing it with the next generation. Uh, maybe that's a conversation for another day, but um, awesome stuff. So you rounded off this book kind of with the idea of, of creating intentional culture and um, I'm having a brain fart right now. What's the last chapter called again? Yeah, creating a culture of intentional attention in companies, in businesses. I think that's what you're yes, thinking yes. about. And so, how do we drive that in our restaurant, in our cafe, in our juice bar, like wherever it is you're listening to this? And, you know, one of the examples that I used in the book that you might have enjoyed, Eric, was Peloton. Now, people listening to this may think, what on earth does an exercise bike have to do with the restaurant business, right? But let me tell you what John Foley, the CEO, has done. John Foley, the CEO and inventor of Peloton, which, by the way, is a bike that goes nowhere. What John has done is he's chosen his instructors so well and he's made them to be celebrities. They have a Facebook group at the time of recording with over 80,000 people where people are very dedicated to the brand and they're constantly talking. What they also do is they follow conversations and whether it's through Instagram or Facebook, they write handwritten notes to the people who own their bikes when they're having surgery, have a new baby, those type of things. This is a company that is absolutely a technology company. But what I think is interesting is how intentional John and the team are about their attention. And when you think about those business lessons for us, you may have a chef that is going to build a celebrity profile in your community online now with things like YouTube and Yelp and all of the social media platforms, you can build celebrity status. And celebrity might be that you are the highest regarded person in your area, right? But the other thing that I want people to consider is how can the people that come into your restaurant or your space feel like they are celebrities? How can we make those people feel like they're the most important person? Can we write little notes on the receipt when we hand the check to the person? Like, you know, there are ways that we can get our serving staff to pay deeper attention so that we create this culture of intentional attention. It means constantly looking for opportunities to make that person feel seen and heard. Because, Eric, that's what my life's worth about. It is about helping everyone be seen and heard when people come into your space do they feel seen by you? Do they feel heard by you? If there's a concern with their meal, do you do you acknowledge that with grace and then give them something that makes them just rave to everyone about how beautifully you handled that? Does every person who walks onto your premise feel like you saw them and you heard them? That's a culture of intentional attention. Yes, and I've been trying to work on gaining clarity and really distilling the mission of restaurant unstoppable. I think I've gotten it down to inspire, empower and transform. And I think that this is that transform area where we take everything Mm -hmm. that we've done to empower and get ourselves to a place. But the real freedom comes from bringing other people up and, and creating a culture of attention and, and, you know, surrounding yourself with other people who are living intentionally and giving them the skills to be able to do it and bringing them up to your level. And I, I love how you round off the book with this chapter. But then even beyond that, you really round it off by uh, talking about have like having a whole business with an intention and really mm-hmm. a pr- and like 
dive into that last chapter, the importance of having like a, it's basically a mission statement, right? It is. Uh, Absolutely. It's such a mission. Like my husband and I love having Sunday brunch at a local place called the Golden Pheasant Inn. Now the Golden Pheasant Inn is on the river on Route 32 at Edwina in Bucks County. This gorgeous little place has a couple of bedrooms upstairs. It's been fully restored, but it's a family owned restaurant and inn. What's beautiful about this is literally the moment we pull up. The staff are so excited to see us. No kidding. We get cuddles and hugs and they know our celebrations and they celebrate with us. They know our favorite tables. They know our favorite parts of meal. They know my drink when I sit at the bar. The bartenders know who we are. And what's interesting about that is we have taken so many guests there. We have recommended it to so many people. My gosh, I'm recommending it on this podcast, right? And what I know is to be true is this is a family working hard with chefs who do farm to table who are consciously looking to support their community. You see, paying attention in a true way in my world is personally, professionally, and globally. Personally, it's about who deserves your attention. That's about being thoughtful. Professionally, it's about what deserves your attention. That's about being productive. And globally, it's about how you pay attention in the world and being a contributor. The Golden Pheasant Inn in Bucks County shares with me that they demonstrate this personally. They make me feel like I am like their most important guest, even though I know they have hundreds of people when they're turning those tables. Professionally, they serve us efficiently without us feeling rushed. Everything is consistent. And globally, they're trying to really support the local farmers by showcasing their products. And they show on the restaurant menu who they're representing that particular week. They have it on a board. These are little things that may not seem a lot to you as the owner, as the person who works in that restaurant, but you can be guaranteed that your guests are noticing these things. They're paying attention to those little details. And so what I want people to consider is how can you look at your environment to create more of a culture of intention, personally, Mm. professionally, and globally? Mm. What a great way to wrap this thing up. I, I've really enjoyed the past. I think we've been recording now for almost 40 minutes. Uh, man, just such an honor to share your values, to share your your insights, what you know to be true about success in this world. Uh, if we want to follow you and to dive deeper into your work, what's the best way to connect? Well, lucky for me, Eric, there's only one Neen James online, dot <laughs> com. So if you Google me, you'll find me. You can follow me on uh, Twitter, if you prefer Facebook, we're there. If you want to really see my adventures, check out Instagram. Or if you go to neanjames.com, you'll find hundreds of articles you can download for free and share with your team. Yes, and this is episode 485. So head over to restaurantunstoppable-slash 485, and I'll have the links to connect with uh, Neen over there, as well as a summary of today's discussion and uh, any links to tools and services that were recommended during today's talk. And uh, before I let you go, what or who is one person you admire in this industry or two people that you think would make great guest mentors on the show? I'll call them out. I'm still going to go back to the Golden Pheasant Inn. You know, John Ramsey and Blake may not be uh, world-renowned, but they deliver beautiful, consistent, tasty, sustainable products. And I think chefs who can represent a local community and be revered within their community, that to me makes them unstoppable. Yes. Neen James, thank you again for taking the time to share your knowledge, uh, to create awareness about your book. And again, that book is Attention Pays, How to Drive Profitability, Productivity, and Accountability. You can bet that link will be in the show notes as well. Uh, There is no questioning, Neen. You are unstoppable. Thank you. What a privilege to serve you. (laughs) Cheers.
Well, there you go. I hope you now know how to live more intentionally with intentional attention. <laughs> mean James, thank you again for coming on the show. And really, I think this is kind of um, a good leveraging point for the whole work-life balance argument. And I think Neen made a really good argument uh, when she was saying that we kind of, we have this whole like mentality where we wear this badge of honor that I worked 80 hours this week on like, and you're proud of that. And you know, it's, it's good that you can have work ethic, but are you working the right kind of hours? Are you working hours that you're reactive and your, your business has control or you, are you working 80 hours a week? Uh, and you can't tell the difference between work and life because you're so intentional that you've created this ideal environment, the perfect situation where your work is your life and it's integrated with family and all the things that are so important to you, your VIPs, the people you choose to give your time to. Um, I think most people never really reach that point, but I know that everybody has the potential to reach that point and you do it by really just it takes discipline. It takes habit. Uh, but you got to live every moment of your life on purpose. And when you do that consistently enough over time, it becomes habit. These things, uh, that you do are no longer things that feel resistant. Uh, and I feel like when we try to create these habits, when we try to create these routines at first, it's like, resistance constantly because we're just not used to it. But over time they do become habit and it's just the way you operate. And if you can do this long enough, consistently long enough, then you will see a change in your life. You will start to be able to work on your life and not let your life, your life work on you and take control of you. And that's what the most successful restaurateurs do in this industry. They're proactive. Uh, they work on their businesses, not in their businesses, and they have discipline and good habits and they know why they're doing everything they do. It's intentional. They have intentional attention, a great stuff today. Uh, Oh, and I think the other big takeaway before I wrap it up is the idea that, uh, once we figure out how to live intentionally, we need to teach our people how to live intentionally. We need to have an organization that's intentional with everything it does. That's the next level shit. That's where your business really starts to take off. And then even beyond that, like what's the, what's the purpose? Does my organization have a mission? Is it, is is there, is this restaurant intentional? What are we trying to do? What's the difference we're trying to make? Oh, that's the good stuff. Oh, you can tell I love this stuff. All right. Like always guys, please do reach out to me, Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com, Instagram, Twitter, Eric Catchatory, Facebook slash restaurant unstoppable. Tell me who you want to hear from. Tell me what your challenges are. I will get an expert on the show. We will learn together and keep those five star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming. I love them so much. The best way to support this podcast, though, guys, share it. Share this melting pot with of mentors with everybody and anybody you know aspiring to be great in the industry. If we're going to really change this world, we need to share knowledge and we can do it together. I need your help. And on that note of needing your help, uh, one thing has occurred to me, one big lesson I've had uh, is that you don't have to do it alone. You know, put it into the universe. If you need help, put it into the universe. If you want to create something special, put it into the universe. There's other people that will get behind what you're trying to do. And I, I've noticed that, you know, I, I've asked for help in the past, but I don't think I do it enough. I think that if I really want to get this thing to the next level, uh, there's a lot of people out there that are behind this mission of me in Restaurant Unstoppable. 
uh, inspiring and empowering and transforming our industry. And if I just put it out there and say, hey, there's room for you guys to join my team, um, then maybe I might get some people out there who are interested in, contribu- in, in contributing. So some of the ways I could uh, use some help from this, this community, if you have any interest in recruiting guests, if you have any interest in doing some web design, uh, if you have any interest in doing some audio editing, uh, these are some things I could use some help with, and uh, we can, you know, we can build a community around Restaurant Unstoppable. I've been saying this and thinking this for a while now. I love doing what I'm doing, but the one thing that I'm not really thrilled about when it comes to Restaurant Unstoppable is doing a lot of this work by myself. I love to work with other people, and I think that the more people I can attract onto myself, and the more people I can put in the right lane, in the you know, put the my, my aces into places, we can really take this thing to the next level. Uh, so if you're interested, reach out to me, eric at restaurantstoppable.com. Uh, and on, on that note, I want to give a special shout out to Courtney Harvey Bodine. Uh, she has been amazing, recently jumped on board. I don't know if you've noticed, but my Instagram game has kind of stepped up a notch, and that is totally due to her. So if you guys need somebody to do some graphic design or some logo work, uh, she's amazing. Uh, again, it's uh, millstreetgraphicdesign at gmail.com or email me, Eric at Restaurant Unstoppable. I'll help you connect with her. You'll love her. She's incredible. All right, guys. Thanks for sticking around this long, and thank you for hearing my my uh, call for support. If you're interested, again, please do reach out to me. Until next time, peace out.